Welcome to podcast 189 of Five Star Potential, your weekly football manager podcast. I'm Matt on this week's pod. I'm joined by Dave, Dupe and Amand. Welcome, gentlemen. Hello. Hello. Yeah, a spotlight we are going to be doing. Uh, we'll talk about Spursy performances and how we turn a particular team's fortunes around. Uh, but before we do that, uh, we have a an adventure of sporting proportions from Mr. David. So let's jump in, Dave. It's time to talk about your latest Twitch save uh, with Sporting Lisbon. Yeah, I think, I mean, people probably listening to last week's pod and this week's pod think I've probably got about 12 saves on the go here. But um, yeah, obviously the last week's uh, pod, we spoke about the Journeyman, which is on YouTube. Um but yeah, I've started this week a new save with Sporting in Portugal. Uh, so that's going to be my my save on Twitch uh, for the short term, really, or you know however long it goes. Um, I just wanted to try something out. I'd not managed in Portugal this year. Uh, last time I managed in Portugal, I think did the network save with Joe a couple of years ago and had some really good fun there. And obviously they've got a lot of uh, decent youngsters. Not that obviously I knew at the back of, in the back of my mind they had these decent youngsters. But when I made the decision, I sort of didn't quite realise how good some of the players were in their squad. Um, so I wanted to get something set up on Twitch, asked about on Twitter really to see uh, if anyone had any suggestions. Um, there were a few teams, Wolves obviously included as always. Um, but yeah, someone, uh, a listener of the, the podcast actually uh, mentioned Sporting us for actually that would be quite a fun save. Doing quite well in real life. Um, I think they were beating the league actually. Um, but probably in game, I would have suspected they were slightly behind Porto and Benfica. Oh, well. Sorry, sorry, dude. Oh, uh, without without highlighting the uh, the obvious, um, why? Uh, obviously, like, <laughs> why a Portuguese team? Like, I know you've you've had some suggestions, but and you've already said that they're a, a good team. But why? Why Portugal? Like especially as you have sort of touched on Wolves yeah. this year. There's a, you know, it's basically Wolves B team to a point. <laughs> I mean, that's technically Braga, right? But it's how it is. Yeah. Get him to manage. He's basically managing Wolves without managing Wolves. It's it's yeah workaround. You know, are you a, a scout lot... for Wolves now? Is that what it is? Yeah, a lot of suggestions and people saying that I should do an all English save in Portugal instead, like the the reverse of Wolves signing all these Portuguese players in England. But now I'm. Um, to be fair, there was obviously managed in England already this year, managed in Italy, then a small spell in Spain. The only other sort of destination that it could have been was Germany, which I think soccer with... Uh, no, you mentioned it. Yeah, you mentioned it. Sorry, yeah. Almost name-dropped soccer with Brian there, but it was uh, was mad. And I would have been having some uh, strange pronunciations like Matt has just uh, done there. But, um, I can see how I'm you confuse the Irish guy and the American guy, David. Yeah, I'm sorry. We're very, I'm very, sorry. Sim- very similar, you know. Yeah, <laughs> we're, yeah. Just, we're just not um, British. <laughs> now I would have enjoyed Germany to be fair I think you know Dupe you've had good spells there in previous years as well um, and Mad have you managed there in recent years as well I was there the last season yeah, I did nine seasons last year in FFG. yeah yeah good. Germany's so it's so attractive because of the finances right mm. like yeah. eventually you just need to get to that top league and you're gonna get some money yeah which and, you but, don't have at Sporting by the way yeah 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 well yeah, the well, the youth systems like in Germany segue, are great as well. I like that segue. But yeah, we yeah. started off financially very low. Um, they had negative, um, negative finances of about two and a half million, um, and there was no real value in the squad. It's it's the same in Portugal at the moment. Um, the squads are struggling for money. You'll probably you know you could get most of the top players in in 
from Portuguese clubs in real life probably for sort of under £30 million if you put bids in um, and that's why some of the top players will be leaving this summer I think from Portugal but we it was hard for us to sort of gain funds straight away but what I did really was something that we suggested a couple of weeks ago I think Joe suggested it just looking at my BT and my under-19s just getting rid of any player that I do not think is ever going to be good enough to even touch the first team and get rid of them just to get them off the wage bill. So there were some sort of 18, 19, 20 year olds that were crap really on about a grand a week, which isn't a huge amount, um, but I was more or less giving them away, but making sure I've got a high, a decent percentage of profit or decent percentage of their next sale. So we got rid of a lot of those um, in the end and we didn't actually bring any permanent players in. I've just gone into January and sort of, because of how we've progressed and how we've done, I've sort of looked at this team. The finances, by the way, actually in the team, it's not like they're overspending on any player. The highest they're paying a player at the moment is Yao Mario, who's on loan from Inter. Um, his contract is actually 80 grand at Inter, but Sporting are only paying 30 grand of that. And that's the highest they're paying any player, £30,000. The rest of it, some of my best first team players are on like five grand a week. It's it, they're, they're fi Financially, they're really good, to be fair, um, in, in sort of in terms of what they're paying players. Um, but now in January, I'm just sort of looking towards younger prospects that I can bring in on lower wages. Uh, the lad I signed today, Mad, you'll know his name from Ajax. Is it Bob? Robbery, is it? Or Brian. Oh, yeah, because they were saying... It's a weird up, name. I thought it was a fake were, name. I thought this no, was a wind-up as well. The chat gave you the wrong name, yeah, because they said look up, <laughs> look up Robbery. Which sounds like a, a I don't know, Mr. Robbery yeah. or something, but it was Brian Brobby, who's um, a youngster at Ajax. He's in the Holland Under Twenty One team as well in the in the Euros at the moment. Yeah, I thought yeah. it was a bit of a wind up when someone said it. I thought it was yeah, like I Brian Bedonde or something like that. But now we got him, <laughs> and he's uh, he's not he looks really decent actually. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I think that's the way I'm going to go. I think just signing young players, almost again. I mean, Joe's going to enjoy this. The smoke that I'm 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 blowing towards his way, but the sort of the way that Joe's operated whenever he's managing in South America and stuff, really just buying these young players. And, you know, when it gets to the point where teams are offering too good of money for him, just getting rid of them. Um, the obvious ones in the current squad are Nuno Mendes, uh, who turns out to be a phenomenal, possibly the best left back on the game on FM21. Uh, we've still got him. and I'm expecting big bids for him soon. He's got a cur currently got a minimum fee release cause of about 65 million. But I really want to hold on to him for as long as we can. Uh, Pedro Gonçalves as well, ex-Wolves player. He's like a number 10 at the moment at the club and he's 22, but I think it would get good money for him. Palinha as well, who's a little bit older, but a good player. And the one that, to be honest, I'd never heard of, apparently he's been linked with Arsenal in real life, Thiago Tomas, who's a striker. And he's quite, he's similar to, I would say, the Fabio Silva mould on FM, where he's got very decent attributes for an 18-year-old. Um, possibly not sort of for like Premier League quality straight away, but I've sort of played him because he's just hitting a really good run of form. And uh, I think he's going to be a phenomenal player in the future. And Dave, you mentioned um, Pedro Gonzalez. Is it Gonzalez? Is that how you pronounce yeah, it? Gonzalez, Con Con yeah, Gonzalez, yeah. Gonzalez, maybe. Because um, I was doing a piece um, about the European, the Euro Under-21 Championships on WeStreamFM.com, of course. Um, <laughs> but I obviously was reading about him, um, looking at his stats for this season, which are incredible in terms of goals and assists. And similarly last season. Why the hell did Le Wolves let him go on a free? Oh my God. Mate, everyone, all the Wolves fans are... They hate it at the moment on social media. He's like the new he, Bruno he, Fernandes, basically, at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Mate. In terms of his goal contributions, I think because he's not scored any penalties, so like his non-penalty goals is way higher than what Fernandes got when he was at Sporting. And um, 
Yeah, he, he was at Wolves for a long while and he, I think he made one first team appearance which was in the Carabao Cup when we beat Sheffield Wednesday and then we let him go on a free which was, I think it was sort of went over everyone's heads at the time to be honest um, but somehow, I don't know how, it's probably the power of George Mendes. We've got, we had a, a sell-on fee on his le- next two transfer moves so he joined Familia Sal first and he's now moved to Sporting so we got a bit of the Familia Sal deal and then obviously if Sporting sell him I think they're probably looking at maybe getting 40, 50 million for him. Wolves are probably going to, I think, get 20% of that. So it's not it's not bad business, but looking at the play that we could have had, mm. um, yeah, it's, it's nice mad, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Talking about business, Dave, do you find that you're going to struggle keeping hold of these players because they're on such small contracts? You know, you're talking about 5K <clears> a week, 4K a week, not much movement available because we've seen your finances. You've basically got dupes Napoli. Uh, we've got no, I have, literally, I was in your stream and you're like, all I could hear was, we got no money. I was yeah. like, yeah, welcome to my world, pal. Um, yeah, do you find it's going to be difficult to keep hold of these guys? It'll be interesting. I think, uh, like, straight away, there were players um, that were the, the one lad, um, is it Cabral? I think his name is the winger, uh, Giovanni Cabral. Um, he was linked with PSG and Manchester United and then he was only on five grand a week. I managed to get him on a deal, a new contract for here we go. This is where, you know, players are going to start demanding stupid money and he only wanted a contract with 15 grand a week. So he's on a big contract of that again. Um, but I think for, for as long as I can, I'm going to be very strict with wages and stuff like that. Um, we just signed Pedro Porro, who's on loan from Manchester City. Um, some of you may remember, I remember Foxy drafted him a couple of streamer showdowns ago and he looked phenomenal. And I never actually heard of him at the time. Um, we've got him on loan from City and his value was at about £30 million this season. And he has actually a buyout clause in his contract. Uh, well, in the, in the loan deal, uh, Benfica... Benfica, I did that. Sporting uh, can buy him for just over £7 million. Ouch. So I thought that is that's ridiculous. So in January I made sure I've done that. So I've literally just made that like bankrupt the club again, but made sure we signed him because I thought if we can't let him go in the summer. Um so we've got a really good deal there. Buying a player worth 30 million for about seven million pounds, a young player as well. But I think the biggest test dupe is gonna be at the end of the season, if we win the league. Um, if we do well in Europe, that's when players' values are going to shoot up, and that's when the interest is going to, uh, you know, get stronger. Like I say, the ones I'm worried about the most, Nuno, uh, Nuno uh, the left back, Poro, I think could easily get another move quickly. Gonzalez, Braganza as well, who's an FM legend as well in centre mid. So going to be lots of uh, lots of interest in these players. Yeah, Pedro Poro in my. Bournemouth save I was looking at him I had a deal agreed with him contract signed and then I decided to go against signing him in the end in favour of of uh, another Portuguese wonder in Trincao but yes or Trincao but it's uh, but yeah he he uh, advances very well in the game as long as he's played I think because he's I think he's 20 in your save at the moment is that right yeah 2021 I think yeah but he well he was on loan um, and they've got they've got another right back who's a lot older um, and he just he Pedro had like two Paul or three injuries. Not a right back. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, no, I'm playing him right back. I remember you said like because of his attributes and stuff. As an attacking right back, he's not too bad for me. But he um, 
I mean, he doesn't actually have to do much defending, to be fair. Uh, but yeah, there's an older right back that they've got at the club at the moment who picked up a couple of injuries in pre-season. Um, I think he's leaving actually at the end of the season on a free. So there will be someone else to, to bring in at right back, maybe a younger player I can rotate him with. But at the moment, he's getting loads of exposure to first team football. So I think he's going to, a lot of these players, you know, 18, 19, just playing first team football, Europa League football, they're going to grow into being some really good players, I think. What's the prize money, Dev, in <clears throat> Liga Nos, it's called, isn't it? Uh, yeah. What Do you know what the prize money is? You probably see it under the rules, actually. But. Off the top of my head, I'm not sure, but I don't think it's a huge amount, if I'm honest. I think, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, but that's what we... It'll, it'll be intriguing to see how much money we get. I think our best bet is to go on a decent run in Europe. Like I say, hope players' values shoot up. Because there's still, there's still some deadwood in the squad. There's still some deadwood, but... Other than that, you know, I could probably, you know, we're getting a lot of cup games, you know, I'm making six or seven changes and I'd still be confident that we can win a game because they're that young, but they're that quality as well. Obviously, I'm not being, I'm not saying how we're getting on so far. I think we're sort of halfway through the season right now, towards the end of January and we're still unbeaten in the league. Beating Porto and Benfica quite convincingly as well. So we've got a really nice cushion there. Uh, Cups, I'd, I'd hope I'll win as well. So we've got, I didn't expect it at the start of the season, to be honest, because I looked at uh, our strike options in Paulinho, who's not a bad striker, but I think there's better, uh, maybe one or two better strikers in the league. And there's a backup that Thiago Thomas, but Thomas has become a really, really decent forward. Um, and we've already had to bat, bat bids off from Dortmund this window. Wolves, shock in the window before. Uh, Manchester <laughs> Manchester United as well. That's our line. Uh, uh, Manchester United as well, uh, bidding for him. So, And that's when he's 18 and not even played any first-team football. I'm getting bids of about £10 million for him. So after a big season, um, I think he's, he's going to be phenomenal. Um, what is the the general objective with the save? Like, how long do you see this going on for, longer term? I don't know really. I don't think there's any sort of end goal with it. Like I say, I think this is going to be slightly different to any save that I've done this year as such, because obviously I did the wall save, which was just to try and get glory as soon as possible. I had the saves with Dupe and Joe, where you know you're competing with two of the managers, so it's not like you can sort of grow for the future. You've just got to get the best as quick as you can as well. And obviously the journeyman, where you know you haven't really got. A pot to piss in you could say really and you're just trying to work your way up so this saves a bit different because they've got a good good structure a good foundations um but with sporting obviously not a huge amount of money so I'm, i think i'm going to approach it quite differently look at the youth a lot more um i've even sold one of my older center backs just now to bring in karejma who's a really good you know quality center back eduardo karejma um to bring him into the first team as well so i think i'm going to look at that a lot more and be a lot more strict with my wages and finances, you know, restrict myself to maybe 30, 40 grand a week for the first year or two. And obviously the bigger we get, the quicker we, you know, we grow as a team. I think that's when I'm going to have to try and break that a little bit. Almost give myself possibly like MLS type rules where, you know, I'm only going to look to overspend on maybe one or two big players and just try and keep the, the squad as close knit as possible in terms of wage but really enjoying it so far like got a great team players that obviously have been linked with Wolves or played for Wolves so uh, yeah they've still got the connection there anyway Marvellous well thank you very much for that David I've, I've enjoyed watching it on Twitch so make sure you, you. Tweet, tune in on twitch.tv forward slash Dave has a party to uh, catch it live uh, whenever he is live and everything like that there we go plugs thank done uh, we'll move on to the spotlight <laughs> 
<laughs> As we move on from one Portuguese problem, we begin with another. Uh, this week's spotlight focuses on Tottenham Hotspur and what we do to make them less Spursy. But uh, let's preface this conversation with what being Spursy, quote unquote, is. And this comes from uh, the Collins Dictionary. So, a Spursy <laughs> performance is to have success in reach, but to ultimately chuck it away. Uh, additional information here. Uh, this word is associated with Tottenham Hotspur FC. You will find numerous examples of this on Twitter from supporters of most of, <laughs> most of if not all, uh, top flight teams. So we'll split this into three segments, match day, players and club. And we'll now look at what we can do to make Spurs a little less, quote unquote, <coughs> Spursy. So we'll start off with match day, gentlemen. Uh, what steps do we take to ensure that we can hold on to a lead? Uh, we'll go around the room. Who wants to? Who wants to? Uh, David wants to start. Of course he does. We mentioned Portugal. He's in. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, I've started actually doing it a lot more now, where I'm changing instructions late on in the game just to see how it matches. Um, obviously, doing it a lot more in the sporting save and in the journeyman save because you know those the results are quite important there. Really, um, the journeyman especially because we're playing strangely quite attracting attract attractive football for that level. Um, so when we lead, obviously these teams go a lot more direct against us. You know, it can, can go against us at times. So I'm changing instructions just to, I always I already play it quite a low tempo, but I change it just to actually, believe it or not, go a little bit more balanced in my tempo and go more direct. So obviously if we're getting the ball, we're not trying to play out of trouble. You know, we, we are launching it long. And I think the one that, you know, people probably don't do enough is time wasting a lot more. So time wasting, you know, frequently, being more disciplined as well. And just slowing everything down, so goalkeeper distribution and everything really, and not and not um, countering, just trying to hold our shape. So just little instructions like that, and I'd say nine times out of ten, that's seeing the game out, or arguably, you know, we're actually creating our own opportunities by being that little bit bit more disciplined. But sometimes it just shuts the game off completely, and you you see the minutes fly by. I'm gonna say what I'm gonna say, but I just want to say that this is normally online, uh, offline saves. This isn't PVP because I don't have a great record with that. So don't think I'm qualified to kind of comment on that. But um, I'm actually the opposite to Dave. I don't really tweak my instructions. I just tweak my mentality. So when I go up in games or I'm trying to close out the games with Red Star, I I play on attacking mentality all the time until I want to try and hold on and I drop down to positive or to balanced. So I don't like to drop my line too far back. And because for, for me, that's still too negative. I know we're dropping it down to cautious or to balance. We are still playing semi-negative, but we're not. We're just not risking so much in my eyes. So we're still playing our normal style of football. We're just not risking too many people forward. And I like to then just, like you say, waste time. But um, the lower tempo is a good shout. Because um, you'd think if you're lowering the tempo, you're less likely to give the ball away. Um, and and it will work. It should work better like that. So yeah, it's weird because I play on lower tempo anyway. I found especially recently uh, on the newest update, it seems to work really really well. Um, but I'm always cautious when I go more direct. Do I want to be playing lower tempo as well? Because I want to obviously get sort of push the players up the pitch a little bit more. But the the defensive line's a weird one because I always tend to because I'm playing a very high line anyway I always tend to drop that back especially when it is very very tight but I can understand why you wouldn't want to at the same time because obviously it's inviting the pressure 
a mentality as well. I'm, I'm very, I'm very normally never go very defensive. I, I tend to keep it on balanced, if if anything, at the lowest. So, um, but I've started doing it, like I say, a lot more recently. When I'm, you know, almost taking the game a little bit more seriously and trying to, you know, fight for those wins a lot more. Yeah, I think for me, it's um, <clears throat> it's similar enough. Some of the things you're doing there with the instructions, I definitely lean towards. Um, playing for set pieces because in my mind like there's probably nothing more frustrating do you know if you're chasing a game and the other team are just waiting for you to come over and then kick it off your shins and it goes out for a throw or get you know getting corners or whatever I think that helps um, and then if you are putting in instructions putting in that um, kind of play more disciplined so that they're following yeah. what your instructions are so that they don't again so that nobody does anything stupid too high up the field <laughs> or gives a ball away um, the other thing though I really like to and I think it might link back to Tottenham as well um you know, with that instruction to kind of be more disciplined and, and do what I do what I fucking told you um, is leadership. So like I usually in most of the saves, you quite often you'll have someone who's like high leadership or someone who's been around at the club for a while. I like to bring them on as a fresh pair of legs. But with that high level of leadership that in my mind, if it was happening IRL, it's somebody coming on and calming the lads down and, and kind of, you know, giving the instructions and just experience head out there. So I will usually try and have a player like that um, who's able to come on in the late stages. I don't think Tottenham have that though in real life. Um, it just, nobody comes to mind. I know they'll they'll bring on Gareth Bale, but he's you know either texting somebody or thinking about golf. Um, golf yeah. <laughs> so you don't really see that with Tottenham. I think there's a bit, a bit of a lack of leadership there when they need it most, and I think that's when they they tend to squander it sometimes. For me, I'm going to use the old adage of it depends uh, because. <laughs> So if I'm playing, for example, a Liverpool or a, a team that presses high, I'm not going to step off because that's exactly what they want you to do. Uh, the, they they want to you, you're going to concede uh, sort of space to them. The closer you get to your goal, the more dangerous they're going to be on the counter when they win it off you high up the pitch. So I would continue if if I've been pressing high, I would keep with that mentality and not concede that that space or at least the positioning up the pitch or uh, for them to uh, to take advantage of but my 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 general things when it comes to to uh, holding on to a lead I won't may if I've done that I may not change the entire team mentality but positional positionally I will probably set my uh, wing backs or full backs to a defend role and I would also if I'm playing with wide players set them to man mark the opposition full backs so they can't overlap um and and it, 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 I perhaps maybe even man mark the wingers as well. Uh, and usually I would have probably man marked a, an AM if they have one anyway, as just to just to try and nullify them as much as possible. Um, but but absolutely completely cut off the supply to to those sorts of positions, especially when it's getting to late in the game and if you're seeing that they're sort of running right as it is anyway. And obviously if they've if they've switched more of an attacking mentality to chase the game then it makes sense to to cover that off. But yeah, very, very rarely would I make a sort of mentality uh, changes for the whole team because I feel like that will... Every time I do it, basically, I'll concede. So I figured, why would I do that? Uh, the other thing I would do is I'd probably do a, a concentrate shout to sort of... Especially if it gets to the last 10 focus. minutes. Focus, It's, changed, it's changed to focus now, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, but you know what I mean. You know what I mean. But yeah, um, just to just to keep that uh, them, them switched on. I normally do that after we concede or we score, to be honest. Mm. Um, so exactly. it just seems to, to it prevents 
it becoming an avalanche of goals in either direction. I think talking about shouts, to be fair, the ones that I've not used much but used more recently that I found very effective are praise and berate, depending on uh, if you're winning by a goal or two, praise. And it, all, it normally actually gives you more opportunities to go and score another goal. And berate, I used that a couple of times on today's stream whenever we were drawing or losing. And it was giving us highlights in our favour, more or less, you know, within within seconds, really. Um, so I think those two are very good, other than the, the standard sort of encourage, fire up and demand more that I tended to use quite a lot. Um, the praise and berate ones seem to be very effective. But one thing that I probably don't do as much as I, I should is player roles as well. Um, obviously, when you're in the situation, if you've got full backs on attack, bombing up and down the wing, helping those wingers, obviously putting them down to sort of support or, or defend. Um, so I, I, I've done it every now and then, but I don't know if you guys do it uh, often, depending on situation. I, that's probably something I should definitely do a little bit more. Yeah, that's, I say that's definitely one of my tactics to close out a game, um, or at least hold on. If I'm, especially if I'm winning, or it's been like I've been under the cosh for most of it, it's pretty much what I would do um, to to nullify things. And equally, like it, it's uh, I know it's mentality is more to do with risk than anything, and so you can still you can still attack with players on defend. I've seen like wing backs and full backs on defend; they just tend to attack from deeper, which actually kind of helps you in that sort of position, especially if the opposition is chasing a lead. There's a lot of space left in behind, so you'll find if you've got a fullback with half-decent passing or good crossing, they'll whip in deep balls on a break. If it falls to them, they'll spurn it in behind and gives you another opportunity to counter uh, from a, a good position. Obviously, if, you've, if you're on a low mentality anyway, you're only going to do that sort of uh, attack if there is minimal risk of it coming back to bite you. Uh, anyway, we'll move on then to players and uh, what type of players or players do we think Spurs need to improve their Spursy reputation? Now, I'm going to start with one particular one that I think uh, they've kind of gone in the right direction with and that's um, at Hoiberg, who they, they brought in to add some more steel to midfield and he's he has changed them, but I think defensively, is, as in a defensive unit, they've been shocking. Again, an awful from set pieces um, this season in particular. So what else do we think they need to do to be able to sort of fix things? Don't, don't think it's amazing that they paid that much money for Davison Sanchez. I, I know I, I support Manchester United and we've got some terrible defenders, but that boy just seems to switch off so easily. Um, Ajax pulled their pants down when they paid forty million for him. Um, so my suggestion would be somebody at the back that can shore things up. I just don't think they've got a very good centre back in in their in their in their mix. When you look at it, Tang Tango is I, I can never say that guy's name, but he's good. Um, but I mean, he got absolutely mugged by the Croatians at, uh, at the under twenty ones, right? Um, I just I just don't think they've got somebody there that's solid at the back that that can lead that back line. I know they got big Tobes there, but I mean, what's he now? Fifty-six, and he's he's getting a little bit he's getting a little bit old, old Toby. But I just think I think somebody big, strong, quick that can really, really that he need he needs a John Terry, really, doesn't he? You know, that's what Mourinho's been lacking at places he's been. Uh, so a good, quick, angry centre back could do some some business. I think that, I think there's three areas that they need to strengthen. Uh, centre back being one. I think they're almost falling into the Arsenal trap where they just can't seem to get. 
a you just top compare quality. Tottenham and Arsenal. Exactly, mate. That's that's gonna you know rustle them. They can't. They're falling into that Arsenal trap of not being able to get a top quality centre half to play good consistently. Um, like you said, there. You know, they've got a couple there that you know aren't aren't good enough anymore or have never been good enough. Right back as well. I think they signed Matt Doherty. Got Sergio Rea. I don't think either of them are good enough to to be a Tottenham player if they're competing for top six or top four football again consistently and striker other than Harry Kane obviously but you, we've seen in recent years you know he can get the odd injury or slight knock behind him they haven't got anybody that I think you can rely on to produce the you know the goals that he can they've brought Carlos Vinicius in this season who I think is again a step probably in the right direction um, but they had, I like Lorente last time Lorente was a uh, Lorente was an interesting one, you know, he was almost like a plan B to come in and, and, and did quite well for them. But I think in that case, it's it's quite similar to, to again, to bring Wolves into it, to Wolves, you know. Are you going to be able to get a top quality striker to come in and pl- ha- be happy to play second fiddle to Harry Kane? Probably not. Same with Wolves. Are you going to get a top quality striker to play second fiddle to Jimenez when he's fit? Probably not. So, But they're the three areas that I think they, they would have to improve on long term. Yeah, I think the transfer policy in general is, I suppose you could say it's questionable at best. I, I, I would think, I don't know, when I think of Tottenham, I think that every every time they make a good signing, there's probably four, three or four pretty poor ones or very erratic ones. Like I'm thinking like Lo Celso has been very on and off. Lamella was, has been always very on and off. Um, you know, Bergwijn, these guys, they're they're good players, but like they, they're almost taking a gamble a lot of the time that they're, that they're spending money. Even, you know, like Dupe said, Sanchez... Um, I, I I think they thought they were getting a sure thing with Doherty and it pains me because he's Irish to say he's not, you know, he's been pretty, <laughs> he has been shocking this season and maybe positionally it's been a bit different. But I feel like there's, um, it's a bit questionable in terms of their transfer policy. Maybe they just need to think more about kind of the proven, you know, more proven players rather than taking a gamble on guys by and large with very little or no Premier League experience. So I think they'd probably take some lessons from the Doherty signing, but but maybe look at some kind of more proven um, experienced players, particularly with a bit of league experience uh, in the Premier League. My, well, I think in terms of playing staff, their issue is they're still recovering from having two very different managers and one succeeding the other. And so that they have a playing staff that is built to play a particular way and there hasn't been enough transition in terms of the players getting... I mean, Mourinho has been there for nearly two, se- two full seasons now, which is kind of mental when you think about it. Obviously, there was the whole you know, the whole COVID thing that's kind of probably affected how quickly that would have turned around and obviously the, the length of players' contracts and things like that. But uh, Duke was saying about they need like a, a John Terry-style figure, right? but I, I would disagree that they need someone who's like strong and quick. They need someone who can organise the defence. They don't have that. But bear in mind, they've got a team. Like I was saying, that they're they're struggling with the hangover still of of going from uh, a Mauricio Pochettino to Mourinho style, and particularly playing predominantly three at the back for an entire season. Like that takes a big transition to then switch to how Mourinho plays with generally a at least a four a four starting at the back with a holding midfielder of sorts. And that's quite a big change. And so I think you need to have someone who is able to to manage the players around them, especially as you've got a, a multitude of different languages as well. And I think that's something that is probably 
undervalued when it comes to, to bringing different players in. You've got someone who I doubt speaks very great English in, in Sanchez. And I think that is told from, or you can tell that from the the silly mistakes he's he's been caught by where he, maybe he hasn't even understood someone who's called like Manon or what have you. And sort of sp- players are spun in behind him because he should be strong. He is quick, but it doesn't matter one jot if he's not positionally astute. So I think they like I think Alderweireld is is arguably that organisation, but as Dupe has sort of suggested, age is not on his side anymore. I think he's only thirty one, to be to be a little but, bit nicer to him, but still. But even so, he's not going to be there forever, and he's had his own injury issues. So I, I do think they need someone who is capable of organising a defence. That I think that is their big problem. Who would um, you go for, Matt? Uh, who, who would you buy if you were um, in the hot seat? Who would you go for? It's a really, I really don't know, in all honesty, because the, the, like you can't. I don't think there is a. There's not a top quality English centre half anymore. We don't. There is like there isn't like a, a world class English centre half. Um, that that could come in and make a, a a big difference equally. I don't know if there is a like a Mourinho centre half either that exists. Mm. It's I say this is not me copping out. I genuinely don't know how who I would who I would suggest um, who would be worth the mon- like the monetary investment, knowing how Levy works, and equally is going to improve the team instantly because that's also going to be an issue. Is that you're working on borrowed time as it is, and so someone who's going to come in, they have to instantly make a difference. And I, I can't think of anyone off the top of my head who is going to do that and justify their their price tag. But that, for that's... While, yeah, I think for a while I was thinking, you know, when, when Laporte was doing so well at City and then obviously Ruben mm. Diaz came in and I thought that's the pairing. Obviously Stones has since come in now and probably cemented his place there because I was thinking maybe he was potentially on his way out of um, City and Spurs could be an option there. But I mean, if I was Marino, I'd be looking at that situation when the when the three of those guys are fit. If if there's clearly a, a preference for two of them, I'd be I'd be waiting in the wings to see if the third one is um you know looking for looking for full first team football all the time. Um, otherwise, maybe I don't know. Dave, would you put Connor Cody in there? A bit of leadership. <laughs> um, you know, owns the defense. Uh, uh, I'm not sure he's quite a Mourinho player. To be fair. Um, he's too much and, to go crack. <laughs> yeah, Mourinho. and well, he can't play in a back four to be honest either. Mm. So unless Mourinho was going back to it like a back five, but there was people t- uh, talking to me or have told me before if Mourinho went that Spurs should get Nuno, and I thought the whole re- reason Mourinho would go is because he plays too negatively, and Nuno does the exact same thing. So it'd just be like a like for like. It's like Nuno is a younger version of Mourinho, really. So um, yeah, they, they've got they've got. Uh, issues at the club at the moment but I mean yeah it'll be it'll be interesting to see what direction they go as a club in in the future so uh final point then which we've kind of sort of started to 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 press on to anyway but do Tottenham Hotspur need to make fundamental changes to the structure of the club to rid themselves of said tag is there anything in football manager that we can use to uh, to influence yeah I'd go on to um my profile and just resign um, and let somebody else deal with that. <laughs> um, yes and no. I mean, I don't know. I think I think if they just get over the hurdle and they they got a chance, right? So they play City at the end of this year uh, in the Carabao Cup. Yeah, they're in the final still. Nobody's 
yeah, everyone can film that. So, I mean, if they could win that, I think that would be a massive step to ridding what is what they've got going on, right? Because that will just almost clear the air and go, right, we've got that off our back, now we go. But but we, we can't we cannot get away from the fact that there is so many holes in that team and it's not a very balanced team. And, you know, when you've got Eric Dyer playing at the back that until I watched a documentary I thought would be a great decision. He he he, he struggles with words worse than I do. <laughs> and that's saying something. And I just think that I think every, all the points that you made there, Matt, are solid. That you're right. They need somebody there that can drag players into the position at that back line. And and the problem is 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 exactly what you said. There was just nobody about. So as much as they may need wholesale changes, can they do those wholesale changes? If there was money was no object, can they still do it? Because they, who's there to take it? Like the so the the only player I would think in terms of ability and potential affordability would be screenier but then the the issue is language like mm. that that would that is still going to be a, a big pro- i don't know what his like can he how how well can he speak english or is there like a common language between the defense of unit that can be used i don't i don't see that happen so when and communication is so important when it comes to organizational uh, sense because you can point at people as much as you like but it doesn't always get through, especially on a pitch. Bear in mind, we're going to be having fans back into stadiums soon. You're going to have to be loud, and you're going to have to be un- be able to be understood. So there is, I think it's that is one of the the most undervalued things. And like uh, Spurs signed Ryan Nelson at 34. The reason why he was signed, one, he was cheap, and Harry Redknapp is. Um, <laughs> But but also because he 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 may be slow, but organisationally he is amazing. Positionally he is amazing. He's got that extra yard in his head, that which is why he was so good at Blackburn. Blackburn didn't leak didn't leak goals anymore because he uh, he gelled the entire defence together. He got Christopher Samba playing the best he's ever played, and as soon as he moved elsewhere, he was awful because he didn't have someone to tell him where he needed to be, and that and that sort of. Spurs need someone like that um, to be able to sort things out. But in terms of like infrastructure, is Levy the problem? Like he is he like obviously he runs the club really well, but does the the culture that he or the expectation he puts onto managers does that cause problems in itself? Like they they ended up and under when they were still under Posh they ended up not spending anything in the summer and that came back to bite them. Like whilst they had a fantastic squad of players already and you could argue they didn't need to spend any money, by the end of it, they were spent because they didn't have uh, they didn't have the, the depth of squad to be able to cope with an entire season plus the extension of, of Europe and everything like that. So it ended up coming back to bite them because they were all knackered and then they end up having a hangover the season following and then he gets sacked eventually. So... I wonder if there's maybe that sort of thing. Obviously, the club has uh, uh, lofty aspirations. That's why they've moved to the new stadium uh, and trying to help regenerate the area as a whole. But obviously, that is now coming at a price that it's almost like the team has not been the focus of that. And so as a result, the performances on the pitch have started to lack. It feels like they're the same team, even though they've had players sort of sprinkled in here and there. Yeah, I think you could you could argue that he could be 
could be the problem or at least sort of one of the factors holding them back as a club. But I think in terms of sort of football manager, if you, you know, I sort of walked into this situation, it's clear that I, I think they do need some sort of revamp. I think like, like Maddox mentioned earlier, there's players there that are just blowing hot and cold too much or have done for a number of years. I'd be going straight onto that squad looking at my best 11 and, 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 and squad really and those players that are right on the fringe of possibly being a bench player or you know you, you being unsure of whether they'd make the 18 I can imagine Spurs have probably got four or five players there on 75 to 100 grand plus a week that aren't even certs to get into that squad I would be you know offering those guys out straight away getting some sort of money back because I think for the likes of Lamella if you put in Eric Dyer into that category as well those sort of players you know it, it's mad to think now like Eric Dyer isn't even in the England situations he's not even been talked about whereas this time maybe two years ago two or three years ago he would have been one of the first names maybe not the first names but would have definitely been in your squad so there's players there Delhi is Delhi Ali as well there's lots of money there to gain and I think if you went to onto football manager today to spot start a Spurs save I think there would be money there for you to to sort of earn very very quickly and and revamp the squad as a whole I think there's potential there there's good young players there uh, but there's also a lot of deadwood there. And I think uh, if you were to start a save or walk into Spurs maybe a season or two in, there's lots of potential still there for, for a club that almost sort of, they've stagnated in recent years, but they've still got the, they've still got quality to break into the top four consistently with the right leadership and with the right players in there. I think um, Jose Marino needs an FM notebook. So, <laughs> so we, see, we see Dupe and we see Joe. I think Curti talks about it a lot. You know, you're mapping out your first 11, you're mapping out your second, uh, your backups in each position. They have a big squad, but it doesn't feel like there's a plan B there. So, And I don't know if Marino intentionally came in and went, you know, Son, Kane, I'm going to make you fucking golden and, and start racking up those assists and goals. Obviously, it's worked, right? When it works, it's worked brilliantly and they were flying it. The second that uh, wasn't an option, I think when Kane picked up that injury, there was there was no real plan B and you had... Player, I mean, I look it down, I look at Moore and Los Celso and Bergwin. I don't know where, like, these guys don't really have a position, so they're all just kind of floating around in the final third. And it just felt a little bit all over the place. I think a structured plan B is definitely needed squad-wise. And then, yeah, coaching, like, Deli Ali's not been managed properly. You know, I, I would say there's quite a lot. Like, Ndombele has come on a lot now this season, but I think there's a lot of individual players that probably haven't been coached. But equally, it's up to them as well to kick on those players you know they need to take some some responsibility as well it's not just Daniel Levy or Jose Marino No I think I mean obviously in FM you can always look at maybe improving the backroom team but I think like if you that can give you an advantage on the training field to a point but is it going to give you an immediate return is mm. that something that's going to take a few months for anything to materialize from those improvements and obviously you can have like the maybe add bonuses in. I know that's a favourite of dupes, the the whole assist bonus, uh goal bonus. Love that. <laughs> I've got a goal to show you from tonight's stream, Matt. You'll 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 be, you'll be a winner by that. You'll understand what I mean by it. But but equally, like that means you're then going to have re to renegotiate contracts or like because you only get the one opportunity to set that unless obviously you're you're well exceeding how well you're doing in which case this then becomes a moot point anyway um 
but like so whether it's team bonuses at the start of the season or whether it's player bonuses you're going to have to renegotiate contracts to be able to get that and is the money going to be there or is it going to be worthwhile you doing that just to potentially have that something to change you could always look at either changing the director of football or not using one at all they're all, they're all things but then equally have opposite trade-offs um i think the the club culture change argument it depends on which direction you're going to go in um and obviously i think you you said it earlier mad about sort of that there is no transfer policy or at least there doesn't appear to be one and i think there is no it doesn't appear to be any joined up thinking really it seems that spurs at the moment are very reactionary in the in the transfer market which i think Again, it it boils down to having a man like replacing a manager with someone who is not of the same ilk, uh, and plays a, a similar way but with a very very different mentality. And I, so I think they need to basically sit down, rip it all up, and start again and say this is the direction we we need to go in and pull in the same direction rather than it feeling like they've got they've attached everything to all different horses and then they just crack a whip and they all just go everywhere all over the shop and you say you can't say that like you've you've highlighted some individuals that have sort of seemed to have really really hit the ground running since uh, since Mourinho's been there and then there are others who excelled under previous management that are now struggling so there's obviously a lot of discontent there causing that sort of thing but it's it's a very difficult and I, I feel like it a similar sort of things happened in my Bournemouth save where I get one player uh, one season firing on all cylinders then try to build the tactic around them to get even more out of them and then they end up completely coming off the ball and someone else comes to the fore and then I end up having this cyclical problem of always trying to focus my team on one particular player and as soon as I do it all falls to pieces and I feel like Spurs kind of have that that same issue now. Um, any any more for any more gents, or should we round it off there? The other thing I just spotted, like quickly looking at an FM, I just added myself as a manager at Tottenham at the start. The average age of the squad is twenty seven, um, which is it. probably higher than you'd think. Now they've they've obviously brought some players through, like Ben Davies and Harry Winks and Harry Kane, but I, I wonder about the pipeline there, um, and you know where is the next kind of level coming through, but. I would consider 27 average age to be a little bit on the higher end. It says that the average Premier League age is 26. And there's a lot of teams yeah. with older statesmen in there. So, um, yeah, it just feels feels like that's a little bit old. I'd probably be looking looking at something there as well. Excellent. So maybe a change, uh, say, looking towards the... And it does appear that they are trying to bring through some... some uh, Jaffet Tanganga is, is one... Sort of notable, I think, exception of all of the things you've got. Oliver Skip as well, who is starting to come through, and a couple of others they've played in the FA Cup earlier rounds, anyway. So there is something there. Whether they're ready quite yet is a, another discussion entirely. But this isn't a Spurs podcast, so not for us to talk about either. <laughs> I'd imagine. <laughs> is it not? <laughs> no, strangely enough, it might sound like it. It's weird. Uh, anyway, we'll move on to the quiz, which uh, this week is not from Kurt Diz, I'm afraid. It's time for the quiz. You have me to be your quiz master for this week, gentlemen, so apologies in advance. And 
as I, I said to you all earlier, it's Easter themed because uh, hey. this was recorded before Good Friday and will go out on Easter Monday. So it felt oh, it almost is. perfect perfect timing for something like that. I, I'm Can going I just to apologise. We, we spent a lot of time last week talking about eggs. Is this going to happen again? <laughs> just different types of eggs? Um, <laughs> actually, strangely eggs. enough, there are there are very few references to eggs in this quiz when there okay, are good. when there was good. potential. Now, I'm going to say this from the outset. There are some reaches. They're not quite Curtius reaches, but there oh, are reaches. No. So just be prepared, okay? So there's no Viking Dan rule. I'm, there's, there's a selection of different kinds of questions. Um, some have multiple clues. Some just have singular ones, depending on how, how difficult I felt the question was. So um, we'll just play along as we go, gents, and see how badly this goes. It can't be worse than yours from the other week, Paul, so... There's, wow. there's, the, there's no there's need. The bar. There's no need. <laughs> right, shall we start then with uh, question okay. number one? Uh, a former MK Dons and Brighton fullback that currently plays for Notts County. Mad, 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 mad. Nicky Easter. <laughs> no, is that his name? Is it's not? In, it's not correct. Oh, it's going to be correct too. This is going to be a long quiz. <laughs> okay, Don. Do you want the whole name out, just his surname? Um, either or. Because oh, I might just take a stab. Um, oh, yeah. There's so many jokes I don't want to make. No, it's Easter good. themed. So. Yeah, I know. Um, I just assumed he was a fullback, so it was crossing, so that's the Easter side. Um <laughs> I don't know. Pass. Honestly, I don't know. No, I, don't know I couldn't even guess. <coughs> what are the clubs it's, again, Matt? Uh, MK Dons? There, there, are, there are a few more, um, but former MK Dons and Brighton fullback. Brighton. On the left-hand side. Uh, also represents Zimbabwe. But that might throw you even more, to be honest. No, I'm not Peter, Peter Unlove. <laughs> it's, it's not. Lee Unlove, um, yes. <laughs> yeah, Adam Chickson. Chick. Chick. Wow. Oh, okay, this God, is the, this this is the quiz, is it? That's how it's going to be long. Okay, okay, well, okay so uh, we've, we've, we've round out of that one. This might be a long quiz. Yeah. <laughs> is, this the, is that the easy one, Matt? <laughs> no, that is probably one of the harder ones. Okay, that's okay. Okay, uh, question number two is, is significantly easier. Which team plays at Easter Road? <laughs> Dave. Excellent, Dave. Is it Hibernian? It is. Congratulations. Oh, it's wow. <laughs> I thought I was going to embarrass myself then. <laughs> I knew it was in Edinburgh. There's a lot there, isn't there? Well, that's, it was more, uh, it was a dangerous question to ask, I think, with people who may not follow Scottish football. Okay. Um, question number three. They're a form, former Welsh forward. They've uh, more famously played for Wickham and MK Dons and they retired in 2017. This is one of the easier ones. <laughs> Shit. Oh. Mad. Go on. Is the surname Easter? I'm convinced it's the surname is Easter, but I don't know the, the first name. Jermaine or Nicky is in my head, but I don't know where I'm getting that from. Jermaine Easter is correct. Oh, wow. oh GG. I mean, the clubs were of no help. I've just made it. I've just, <laughs> the name is in my head from God knows yep. what. 
Question number four. Uh, played 109 times... No, sorry, I will preface... This is, this is one of the reaches, okay? okay? So I don't... I'm not convinced anyone is going to get this. And I'll probably have to explain it. <laughs> played 109 times for Norwich between 2007 and 2013. Is still playing at 38 for Wroxham and started their career at St Mirren. What, who do they play for now? Dave. Dave. Oh, Dave. It's not Naismith, is it? It is not. Bear in mind, this is uh, this is Easter themed, gentlemen. Yeah, but you yeah. said it was a reach. Yeah, it is a reach. Like, it's not that much of a reach. I was like, what? <laughs> so, yeah. say, say it again, because I got an idea, but I think I'm way out. Okay, hundred and played hundred nine times for Norwich between two thousand and seven and twenty thirteen. Is still playing at thirty eight for Wroxham. And started their career at St. Mirren. No, I think I'm out. I'm too far. And Mad. Roxham is... Oh, go on, Paul. Uh, what, is he a goalkeeper? He's not a goalkeeper. Oh, then it's, then it's right. I was going <laughs> to say Mark Bun, Bunny, Rabbit. I don't know where I was going with that. Right. Okay. So that's 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 a good guess. But uh, Mark Bun is oh. definitely English. Okay. I was going... Oh, who have you said it? Ah, oh, St. Mirren started his career at St. Mirren. Oh, uh, okay. I'm way out. Because I, I thought it might have been Huckabee, but he's way too old. Because I thought it might have been Cluck. And that's Cluckabee. What... Nice. That's good. Oh, I, I I'm mean, reaching. some of these I'm reaches reaching. are worse than this reach. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I was even going to say that Roxham is not Wish.com's version of Wrexham. But um, uh, the player is Simon Lappin. Because uh, Lapin is uh, bunny or rabbit in French. Dear Lord. So it's a reach, but some of yours were a lot worse. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, no, fair point, well presented. <laughs> okay, it's a game uh, one, eh? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, that courtier, but yeah. that that, yeah. that wasn't as bad. Lapin, there's one letter's difference there. Uh, question number five: South African central midfielder currently signed to MK Dons. There's a lot of links to MK Dons, and it was not intentional. I was going to say. Uh, uh, made seven appearances for Wolves in the 2009-2010 uh, season and spent eight years at Bournemouth before joining MK Dons. This may be a reachy one as well. Dave. Dave. Andrew Sermon. Correct. Oh, that's wow, Sermon. great Sermon. Shout. The nationality put Sermon. me off there. Like, yeah, yeah, I, I didn't know he was South, South African. African. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought he was English, to be fair. GG's. Can he represent both? Yeah, I think he can. Well, I blame the blame the question. <laughs> no, he's South African. Okay, uh, question number six again. Uh, I wouldn't say this is a reach, but it's a reach. <laughs> 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 okay, well, rather it's a it's not a reach, but I'm not expecting you to understand until I. How far around does it reach? And that's all I want to know. It's a full-on reach around. Oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. Spanish uh, central midfielder with 49 caps for Spain. Uh, has and still plays for Atletico and debuted in 2009, replacing Paolo Asensao. You say Dave. Atletico? Matt. For Atletico. Paul. Did it was Dave before me? No. Yeah, go on, Paul. You can have you can have the first go. Because <laughs> one of two, I think. Uh, I'll go with Koke. 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 Okay. 
Yeah, that's that's the right answer. But oh. why is it the right answer? Should you do Something the hokey pokey? Hens and cocks and oh god, I don't know, man. <laughs> no. Okay, this this is what I, I had to include this. When, I actually found this out of the weekend when I was sorting out stuff for the streamer showdown. His his actual name is Jorge Resurrection Meridio. My wow. Resurrection. Oh my goodness. So that's why that had so, to go in. That is why I answered it, Matt. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely didn't. I don't know, Matt, you might have seen it. On BBC, they have a TV programme. And like to get the points, you have to explain an answer. Uh, um, only Connect or whatever it is. Yeah, that's it. Only Connect, yeah. Proper yeah, nerdy programme. Um, Victoria, what's that's her face? Yeah. The poker so player. Da- David uh, Mitchell. Mitchell. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, uh, question number seven. A now retired former must sign youngster on FMO5 who failed to live up to that early hype, started his career at Reading, ended at Plymouth, and had uh, 38 caps and five goals for Wales. He retired quite young as well. I'm just thinking of that East. Oh my God. Wait. Mad. Mm. Mad. Simon Church? Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought it was Craig Tanner. I didn't want to say it then. I felt bad. Reading and Plymouth, yeah. <laughs> That's literally just because I, I did a red I did a reading save the yeah. like whatever when he was coming through the ranks. Yeah. I think that's literally why I remember who he is. Yeah, he's West Brom. Is the obvious link there. Uh, Chief. He may have played for West Brom. He did, I Chief. think. Yeah. I think he did actually. Yeah, you would know as a big West Brom fan though, right? Yeah, <laughs> Chief. <laughs> uh, question number eight. Uh, Irish winger who gained promotion to the Premier League with Reading collided with Peter Check in 2006. Dave. Oh. David. Stephen Hunt. Egg Hunt. Indeed. Stephen Egg Hunt. Egg. Yeah, indeed. R- Egg Hunt. Rhymes with. Oh my God. You know, I said that and I thought, no, it's Noel, isn't it? All right, Stephen. That's all right. <laughs> Noel would have been Christmas themed. Noel would have been Christmas Easter. I thought that was one of the easy ones. I thought you would get that one. Okay. Uh, question number nine, the penultimate question, gentlemen. Liverpool signed him for thirty-two point five million in two thousand and fifteen from Villa. Has thirty-nine caps and sixteen goals for Belgium, and currently Dave. plays for David oh, Christian Benteke's Benteke. Indeed, Benteke. Christian is yeah. the uh, is the link well, there. I to never Easter. knew that. <laughs> I mean, I'm sat here, literally got one on mind, and you're not even gone there yet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to be kind if you don't go there, but who is it? Well, we'll see. I don't want to give it away. <laughs> okay, you can reveal it if it's not the right one. I do. Ha- I do actually have a, a tiebreaker. Which I have. Well, I have three required. good ones in mind. That okay, I'll come back it's to me. Probably with. not any of those ones for the final no. question. <laughs> okay, so um, another FM favourite from years past, currently plays for Victoria Guimarães or Guimarães. I can't really, not really quite sure on the Portuguese pronunciation. Uh, Sporting sold him to Barca in 2003 for six million euros and played for Chelsea whilst on loan. Dave. David? Ricardo Koreshma. It is indeed. Oh, but why? I, I had him in why? my head, but I was like, why? But why? why? Yeah, but why? I but why? Uh, Koreshma uh, is the Portuguese word for Lent. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> How long have you spent on this quiz, Matt? Is it also the Maltese word for Lent or something? How has he got that? Uh, no, I just uh, when when okay. you said Vittoria, I was trying to think, and then I thought mm. cast genuinely. Way back. All I did is I searched. I searched. I was searching for Easter terms. I said Lent 
footballers and his name popped up saying Portuguese for Lent. Thank you very yes, much. Fair that play. was too okay. good to leave so, out. Um, what are the three you had, Dave? Like, have you got a tiebreaker? I, think we I need have one got a tiebreaker, but it's not related to a player. Okay, so my, my three were, were Jesus, like Gabriel Jesus, because yeah, of Jesus. Um, my next one was Ryan Shawcross. Yeah. Because of hot cross hot buns. Cross yeah, sure cross well, buns. We could have been the, uh, the cross. All the cross. Yeah, very good, David. <laughs> and then uh, my other one was Andre Iniesta. Oh, that's Which I thought we so might have dropped. That's a key yeah. type one. That is. Iniesta. Iniesta, Iniesta. I mean, that's not as bad. Who the fuck calls him Iniesta? I do. Now. Uh, <laughs> Three uh, points. The, Thanks, that, Matt. <laughs> What's no. the tiebreaker then, Matt? You, you would have still How lost many? to Duke, even if you had gone <laughs> all of those. Uh, the tiebreaker then, um, although it's not to break any ties, but uh, their nickname is the Lambs. They play at the Lamb Ground, and they play in the Southern League Premier Division Central, or Tier 6, and their former notable players are Paul Merson, Lee Hendry, and Callum Wilson. There are some others, but they were—they would only be for those of you that have played FM in the lower reaches for many years. Um, did, did, <gasps> did Merson and Hendry play from recently, though, or was um, it years ago? Lee Hendry about ten years ago. Oh, okay. Dope! I'm gonna get it. Go How many points can I get? How many points? None. One. That, wait, you can have one if you want. <sighs> oh, it's um, Tamworth. It is Tamworth. Well done, okay, well you done son. Somebody Tamworth. did a, a, a Twitch save on them a couple of couple of about literally about a week and a half ago. I'm sure, and I raided them. Yeah, there was there's a couple more sort of uh, non-league stalwarts that have turned out for Tamworth over the years. But again, you will only re- recognise those players have you ever had a non-league save in the past 10 to 15 years. So anyway, uh, scores on the doors then, gents. Dupe, I will give you that bonus point right at the end. Um, but that gives you one point. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'll rise again, Matt. Promise I'll rise again. Uh, coming up second is Mad with three and uh, storming in front with five is Mr. Azapardi. Congratulations. Praise the Lord. Mr. Come Mr. on. There you go. We're alive. Um, Jesus Navas was another one you could have had. Sing Hosanna. They were, they were uh, easy. And also, Hunt. I was trying I've to do... Just, I've yeah. just Googled I was trying to 11, do one. and the best one is, a, is the left-back. Who can guess the left-back? Gabriel Heinzer. No, it's Christmas. <laughs> uh, He's German. He's German. Roast lamb. <laughs> oh, Philip, oh, lamb. Philip Lamb. Jesus. <laughs> Roast lamb. Who, who I was, was going to go for Tariq Lamptey as well for that. That was a good one, yeah, yeah. But it's spelt yeah. lamp. Uh, oh, <laughs> that's yeah. more of a stretch but uh, yeah anyway that was awful I'm sorry gents that's a good quiz man well. uh, I mean Curtis done worse so I'll let you off Curtis <laughs> done worse I'll take that compliment <laughs> that does indeed bring episode 109 to a close uh, you can find the links for each of us the 5 star pod twitter account and WeStreamFM discord server in the podcast description or by visiting WeStreamFM.com where you can find episode 6 of our dubbed the next series uh, this week it's none other than Luis Figo. Da, da, da. Written, uh, written by Dave as a party. He had to do it in his scouts lesson this week. School holiday. 
Anyway, Five Star Potential is available on iTunes, Spotify, and most of the popular podcast apps and platforms with a new podcast released every week. Thank you all for listening. There will be more from us next week. Say goodbye, folks. Bye, folks. Bye, folks.